Turn please to Ephesians 4 this morning. Now for some weeks we've been on this subject called growing up. Growing up. I've been enjoying it myself thinking about it. Looking at it. I believe I'm growing up. Hmm? You believe you're growing up? So let's read our text again. Ephesians 4. And uh, 8. Says when he Jesus ascended up on high. He led captivity captive. And gave gifts unto men. Now verse 11 talks about the gifts he gave to men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. These are men and women. These are anointings on their lives and graces in them. And their gifts to the body. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, thinking back over my life. The gifts that God gave Phyllis and myself. I mean, I'm talking about back as a boy. I remember the uh, Pentecostal preacher who waved his hands and spit cotton and told me about Jesus and told me all he knew. Thank God for that. I'm thinking about Baptist ministers, Church of God ministers that were gifts to me and my family during that part of our life. And I'm thinking about people like Brother Hagin that God let me serve under for decades. Gifts. Precious gifts. And it's not just the flesh that's the gift. It's the anointing that God puts on the people. And the revelation that he gives them and the grace that he puts in them. These are things beyond themselves. They didn't call themselves. They didn't anoint themselves. They didn't grace themselves. These are gifts from heaven. That are inside and upon men and women that walk among us. And they're gifts from God. And we ought to treasure them. And we ought to demonstrate to the Lord our thankfulness to Him for giving them to us by how we treat them. Very important. Now He said He gave us these gifts. For what reason though? Why did He give us these gifts? Verse 12, He gave us all these ministry gifts for... The perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying or building up of the body of Christ. Do the saints need to be perfected? Do they need to be perfected throughout their whole life? Down here? Do you need to be perfected? You know that's not everybody. Maybe I need another message this morning. Now, those of you that have been with us, what does the word perfect mean in this setting? What does it mean? It means brought to completion. It means finished or completed. Just like a child is born and physically they start growing, but eventually they'll come to the place where they have grown to their full development and they have reached perfection of growth. Now, we, in our modern vernacular, when we use the word perfect or perfection, We mean something else. We mean flawless, without flaw, without defect. And that is not what this means. Everybody say complete. Complete. And you see the area of completion that he's talking about is in the area of spiritual growth and spiritual development. When you're born again, you're born a baby 
an infant spiritually just like a natural baby. Nobody comes into the world six foot tall. Huh? And fully developed. Nobody. Who? No, everybody comes in a baby. Can't talk, can't walk, can't do anything for yourself, and then you grow. And you grow. And you grow. Is there any difference between the life of an infant or a child and the life of an adult? Did y'all hear me on that now? Is there any difference between the life of an infant or child and the life of an adult? Radical. Complete difference. Well, what about spiritually? Is there any difference between the life of a spiritual baby and a spiritually developed person? Completely different life. What's confusing about this to many is that you can be 50 years old in your body and be two years old in your spirit. That's confusing to people. They look at somebody that's 40, 50, 60 years old and they say, well, they're an adult. But spiritually, they're an infant. And just because you've been born again 40 years doesn't mean you've automatically developed by reason of time. Paul talked to people like that. You remember he said, for reason of the time, you should be at this place, but you're not. You have not developed. He said, I can't talk to you like spiritual people. I got to keep talking to you and treating you like babies because you should be at this place by now, but you haven't developed. And it is sad that we've got so many folks that have been saved so long and yet have developed so little. But when you don't get fed, you're not going to grow. And even if you're getting fed, if you don't exercise, if you don't put it into practice, you don't grow. And you can't just feed on anything and grow spiritually. Hmm? The Bible said as newborn babes, 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You're not going to grow going to churches and then having them preach to you tradition and their opinion and political reform and quotes out of popular literature. And comments on this and that movie. Did you hear me? You can hear that for 50 years and still be a spiritual infant. Oh, but can you remember the first time you heard some good, solid word of God? Oh, I remember. I remember. I heard a tape, cassette tape. Thank God. And uh, it was when cassettes were just coming out, I guess. But I heard a cassette. And it fed my spirit. And I didn't half know what the man said with my head. But inside my spirit's going, mm, 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 give me some more. Give me some more. Because <laughs> the first time my spirit had really been fed anything. Can you tell if your spirit gets fed or not? Oh, you can. Oh, you can. And you can tell, well, it's just, you know, a lot of sermons are just like cotton candy. They're a great, big, multicolored fluff of stuff. <laughs> and you can condense a tub of it down and you got nothing. Amen. How many of you can eat a tub of cotton candy and what have you got? <laughs> oh, but there is the genuine. Genuine, the real milk of the Word of God. And then there also is the meat of the Word of God. 
How many like to grow up and get a hold of some meat? And more meat. Hmm? <laughs> you know, babies sometimes, you can tell. You ever seen babies that have only been given formula and canned and bottled uh, baby food and they get their first taste of real cooking? They look at you like, you saw a rascal. You mean you've been eating this all the time? And you've been feeding me that goop out of that little jar? <laughs> well, you have to grow up, though. You can't put a beefsteak in a baby's mouth. They'll choke. You got wonder if we grew a lot. How would it affect the utterance God gives our ministers? There's a whole lot of stuff he's not going to give through the ministry gifts. Because that's what they're given for, to perfect. Why? No need giving babies beefsteak. They can't chew it. They can't do anything with it. But adults can. I said adults can. I'm so glad the Lord told us, I'm growing this church up. I'm growing this church up. I'm growing this church up quickly. I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. Go Keep reading here. He said he gave these for the perfecting of the saints. Verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When you grow up fully, what will you look like and sound like? The Christ. The anointed one. The master. Remember we read that and, and saw that the scripture said no uh, servant or no disciple, I should say, is above his master. But every disciple, when he is perfected, when he's fully trained, when he's fully developed, will be as the master. That is our call. That is the mark of the prize, the high calling of God. That's the bullseye. That's the high mark. That's what you and I are growing into, being like him. That we henceforth be no more children. No more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Tell your neighbor, grow up. Grow up. Now you tell them I am. I am growing up. I am. Now, according to this verse, how do you grow up? Man, there are just realms of revelation in this phrase. Speaking the truth in love. Two of the biggest keys to you and me growing up. Truth and love. Say it out loud. Truth and love. Speaking the truth. Never any lies. In love, never in selfishness and hate and meanness. Truth and love. Truth and love. That's how you're going to grow up. Now this doesn't end here. It flows on. I won't read all of it. But uh, skip down to verse 21. If so be you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth. See, he's still talking about the truth. Is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful the what? Deceitful. 
deceitful lusts. Truth and love is godly. God is truth. God is love. Lying is one of the most ungodly things. The father of lies is the devil himself. Well, what about selfishness? You don't get any more ungodly than lying. You don't get any more ungodly than being selfish. God is love. God is truth. Well, when you're talking about growing up spiritually, you're talking about growing up in God. Growing up to be like Jesus means growing up to be like God, the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, that means we're growing up to be like truth. Growing up to be like love. That means you're talking God, you're thinking God because you're talking truth, you're talking love, you're growing up in truth, you're growing up in love, you're becoming more like God. He is truth and there is no lying in Him. He's light and there is no darkness in Him at all. He is love and there is no hate and there is no selfishness in Him at all. Well, the more selfish you are, the more spiritual immature you are, right? And the more unlike God you are, the more deception that's in you, the more unlike God you are, which means the more carnal, the more fleshly, the more unspiritual you are. And of all the things he could have mentioned, here's the two he put his hand on. Are you with me? Lying shows spiritual immaturity. It shows carnality. It shows ungodliness. Selfishness, same thing. How could you tell you're getting more like Jesus? How could you tell you're becoming more like the Lord? You're growing up. What would be evidences in your life day to day? Hmm? That you are growing up. You're becoming like Jesus. It'd be when you were tempted to lie, but you didn't. You were tempted to deceive and hide, but you didn't. You told the truth, even if it cost you. You were tempted to be selfish. You were tempted to try to get back at somebody, but you didn't do it. You walked in love. You were tempted to take, but you didn't do it. You walked in love and gave. What does that show? That shows, it demonstrates you are growing up. Can you say amen? Amen. Keep reading. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying. See, is he still talking about the same thing? Putting away lying. Can you do it? Yes. Can you, even if you've been a terrible liar, can you put it away? Yes. The Lord wouldn't tell you to do something you couldn't do. Right. Put it away. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we're members one of another. See, when you're lying to a brother, you're lying to yourself. He's part of you. She's part of you. And that's a big part of the problem. People are deceiving themselves, lying to themselves, and so that's why they lie to you. He goes on to say, verse 26, Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Now, 
Verse 25 and 26, if you had to use one word for each one of those verses of what he's dealing with, what would you say? Does it sound like what we just got through reading about how you're going to grow up? Hmm? Verse 25, speak every man truth. Speak truth. Isn't that how we're going to grow up? Verse 26. Huh? Love is not going to sin against somebody because it got mad. Love is not going to hurt somebody because it was enraged or had wrath. Can you see this? See, uh, this flows throughout this chapter. Now go with me please to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. 1 Corinthians 3. Now actually, just like all through the New Testament here and Old Testament as well, chapter and verse is added by man. For reference, this flows together. And really, if you back up to the end of the second chapter, you'll see that he's talking about being spiritual. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. You hear people say that sometimes. Oh, all that Bible stuff, and they go on and on about all that teaching. That just... Makes no sense to me. Well, does that mean that it makes no sense? Or it just makes no sense to you? It is foolish to the unspiritual, natural, carnal man. Neither can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. You got to develop some spiritually. You got to grow up some. There are questions that I've asked the Lord in times past. I remember one specific thing. I asked, in prayer, I really wanted to know about it. I asked him repeatedly about it. Lord, teach me about this. Help me with this. And he answered me. Ten years later. (laughs) Ten years later, I was going along, not even think. of course, ten years. Not even thinking about this thing. And he starts talking to me about it. I don't mean to heard an audible voice. But inside, he starts revealing it to me and showing it to me. And I'm thinking, glory to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's it. And then I realized why he didn't answer me ten years before. I wouldn't have known what he was talking about. Can three-year-olds ask you questions? That you, you really can't answer. You could tell them, but they wouldn't know what you're talking about. And when you tell them, well, you know, when you grow up some more, I can tell you about it. You'll understand it as you get older. And they look at you like, why won't you just tell me now? <laughs> well, you could. But you wouldn't know anymore after we told you. You have to grow some. They're spiritually discerned. Now keep reading. He said. But he that is spiritual judges all things that he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of the perfect one, the anointed one, the fully developed one. Say it out loud. I have have the mind mind of maturity. maturity. I have the mind... Of the anointed one, the perfect one, the spiritual one. Now that's different from the mind of the flesh. Now keep reading. And I, brethren, 
could not speak to you as unto spiritual. Can you see how this flows together? He's talking about being spiritual. And then he, he gives them a revelation. <laughs> he tells them about how spiritual people and unspiritual people operate. And then he says, now when I was with you, for instance, <laughs> I couldn't talk to you as spiritual people. And he probably got just as many amens as we just did. <laughs> what he say? He just said we wasn't spiritual? I think so. The whole church? Well, sister so-and-so prophesied. She's bound to be, he said, not spiritual. If you read the whole chapter, you'll see they had all kind of manifestations of gifts in the church. This is 1 Corinthians, where 1 Corinthians 12 is, and 13 and 14. Just because you talk in tongues doesn't mean you're mature. Just because somebody was healed when you laid hands on them doesn't mean you've grown up. Just because you prophesied or had a vision or had a revelation does not mean you are mature. (laughs) He said, I couldn't talk to you as spiritual people, but I had to talk to you like carnal, like babies in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Had to. Babies can't take meat. For hitherto, up till now, you were not able, and neither yet now are you able. He said, you, he, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you like spiritual people. And still, when I'm sending you this letter, I can't. Because you're babies. Babies. Now, get the next part here. How did he know they were babies? Verse 3. Verse 3, what was the biggest indicator? That they had not grown up. For you are yet carnal. Okay, being a baby, being carnal, that's almost the same thing here. Different language. But why? For, 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 where is there is among you? Envying, strife, divisions. Aren't you carnal? And walk like men, or like one translation says, mere unsaved men. For while one says, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? This, of all the things he could have said, that showed their immaturity, that showed they were not developed and not growing up. Envying, strife, and divisions. Let me read this to you from another translation. The Living Bible says, For you are still only baby Christians, controlled by your own desires, not God's. When you are jealous of one another and divide up into quarreling groups. Are there any signs of immaturity in the modern church? Divide up. Into quarreling groups. Doesn't that prove you are still babies wanting your own way? Babies are not developed in love. 
They are selfish. All they are aware of is what they want, how they feel, and they don't care about what's going on with you. They are oblivious to it. Aren't they? Baby starts crying at three in the morning. Wah, wah, wah. And mama or daddy wakes up out of a deep sleep and goes, oh, you going? Yeah, you go. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. And so you... And you look over in the in the bed and you go, Baby, what's wrong? And the baby looks up and goes, Oh, mama, did I wake you up? (laughs) I am so sorry. Mom, I'm sorry, mama. (laughs) Babies won't do that. They don't care. If you're disturbed, they're not even aware of you and your feelings. Spiritual babies, same way. All they are aware of is how I feel, what I need, what I want, what I think, what you should do for me, what you didn't do for me. And if they impose on you. They're not going to apologize. They're not even aware that they did. Spiritual babies are unaware. Let me tell you a few things to start practicing. I started this years and years ago. and We live in a world of communication beyond what it used to be. And it's so easy to call somebody or text somebody or whatever. A call... Is an intrusion into somebody's life. <laughs> Got four nods. What were they doing when you called? Most people don't know and don't care. Because all they care about is I got something I want to say and I want you to do and I want to tell you. That's all they care about. Babies. I make it a practice when I call. You know, I ask people, can you talk? Did I interrupt you? Did you hear me? I can call back. Did you hear me? You want to practice this type of thing all the time in every area. And if you interrupt somebody and bother somebody, it should bother you. Did you hear me? You should not have this attitude that you're more important and your time is more important and what you're thinking and doing is more important than everybody else in the whole world around about you. And everybody else is supposed to drop what they're doing and get out of my way because it's me coming through. Uh (laughs) Well, whoop-de-doo. We're here too. We got stuff going too. <laughs> Phyllis and I just shake our heads sometimes. Because we have people call. And you know they're not doing a thing. Sitting around trying to think of somebody to call and bother. 
And they want you to sit there and chat on the phone about nothing for two hours like you don't have any more going on than they do. (laughs) And if they only knew everything that was going on before they called and what's piling up while you're trying to be polite with them. But here's what's worse. A lot of them don't care. They just don't care. They're like that baby. They're not going to apologize if they woke you up. They're not even aware and don't care. How are you going to grow up? Hmm? Truth. Love cares about the other fellow, the other person. What are they doing? What's going on with them? Am I bothering them? Am I interrupting them? Am I adding to their load? Am I helping them or hurting them? Right? Love doesn't just go around asking people for stuff either. Do this for me. Do that for me. Bothering. Actually, we've got so many people that are lazy. Just lazy. And they will never do the job as long as they can get somebody else to do it. And they'll call people that are busy up to their eyes and try to get them to research it for me and find out about it. And would you tell me, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, it's just easier if I get them to do it. You don't care about them. You don't love them. You don't care if it burdens them. You don't care if it bothers them. You just want to sit up on the couch and goof off while they got another 40 things going, but they're going to do your work for you. Love doesn't do that. Love says, let me help you. Let me take this off you. You got enough going on. I'll take care of it myself. I'll find out myself. Can we grow up in these areas? Do you suppose folks need to grow up in these areas? Oh, man, they do. Wow. Now, notice this. He said these factions, these quarreling. Doesn't it prove you're still babies? I want you to go with me to uh, Proverbs. We're growing up to be like the Lord, aren't we? This word about anger and wrath, you notice that coming up. Be ye angry and don't sin. And don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Is the Lord like that? Does he get angry easily? That's too weak. Does the Lord get angry quickly and easily? Absolutely not. What does the Bible say? He is slow to anger. Now he can get mad. He can get upset. But it doesn't happen over nothing. It takes something for him to get upset. And this is one thing that will really tell you about your own spirituality. What does it take to upset you? What does it take to make you mad? The less it takes to upset you, the bigger baby you are. The less it takes to make you mad, the less mature you are, the bigger baby you are. Babies get upset over nothing. Don't they? Hmm? 
ice cream cone falls off. <laughs> Get upset, right? He's touching me. He's touching me. Get mad, get upset over what? Over what? Over nothing. What Does that not prove that they're babies? That's another way of saying what he said. He said, this quarreling among you, this fussing, this fighting, this dividing. Well, I'm not going to be part of you anymore. I'm part of Apollos. Well, I'm part of Paul. Well, I'm part of Peter. This division proves you're babies. Because mature people, people that are like the Lord, people that are like God, man, they can handle some stuff. They may not like it. They may not agree with it. They may not enjoy it. It may not please them. But they stay cool. Week after week. Month after month. Did you hear me? Now, you can make a righteous man mad. You can upset a godly woman. But not easily. I said not easily. It takes something. And even then, they will always be in control. Can you be angry and not sin? Can you be angry and not lash out with your mouth? Yeah, you can. So many people so carnal in these areas. Have you ever heard people say, don't you make me mad? Oh, you make me mad. Ooh, watch out. You won't like me when I'm mad. Well, you ain't the incredible Hulk. You ain't half what you think you are. You won't like me when I'm mad. Let's see what the Bible has to say about this. Proverbs, are you there? (laughs) Proverbs 14. Thank you, Master. We're getting to it now. Do you want to grow up? Or do you want to be a little little baby all your life, spiritually? Always dependent on somebody else. Never able to do what God called you to do. We talked about this last week. Athletes who set Olympic records, who play professional ball, these kind of things. Could they do that when they were babies? No, they could not. They couldn't do it. The Michael Jordans, the Lance Armstrongs, these people, they weren't winning these games and contests when they're three or four. If they had never grown up, they would never have these achievements. You and I are the same way. If we never grow up, We'll never operate in the full call, the full anointing, the full measure of the grace. We must grow up. God needs us to grow up. In the last days, He needs us to grow up. He's got too much to be done and too little time to play. He needs all of us growing up and stopping acting like babies and infantile. Grow up and be strong. Operate in your full potential. And do the job. And let the Lord come back. And advance from there. Babies don't get to rule and reign. 
Babies don't get the privileges of adulthood. Proverbs 14. Here's an area that you can watch yourself on to see how well you're doing. Proverbs 14, 29. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. But he that is hasty of spirit, and that means uh, short-tempered, exalts folly. The New Living says, those who control their anger have great understanding. Those with a hasty temper will make mistakes. The English says, if you stay calm, you are wise. If you have a hot temper, you only show how stupid you are. If you stay calm, you're wise. But if you have a hot temper, you only show how stupid you are. I learned this when I was 13. My dad put me in a school of martial arts when I was 10. And this was old school. We practiced cement floors and no pads. And if you leaned up against the wall, you got kicked. It was good for us. Helped us a bunch. And... uh, I had a couple of friends that joined me. I talked them into later on as the years went by, you know, hooking up with me. And uh, we went to tournaments. And I remember the first time I got kicked real hard, it made me mad. <laughs> and I thought, boy, he's done it now. He made me mad. Oh, I'm going to get him now because I'm mad. And so I waded into him, flailing my arms, and he took me apart. Uh, You make me mad. Do you want to make me mad? Because I'll tear you apart. You are the least effective when you're mad. And fighters know this. They want you to get mad. There's a psychology to all this jeering and jibing and talking about each other's mama and all that stuff. They want you to get mad. Because they know they'll hand you your head. You get mad and come in there flailing your arms and frothing at the mouth. You've already lost. In order to win, especially with people that know what they're doing. In order to win, you I don't care how mad you get, you've got to stay contained. You've got to put your feelings aside and stay focused. And have a plan. And execute it. Well, the devil knows this. So he wants you to blow your top. Because when you do, you're going to play right into his hand. Now don't raise your hand in here. But how many times have people just lost it? And I mean it cost them. It cost them. Oh, they had their say. Oh, yeah. They told them where they could get off and what they could do with it. And when it's all said and done... They lost their job. They lost a friend. They lost a place. They lost a blessing. And some of it you can't get back. Oh yeah, they had their say. But what did it cost them? I'm going to show them. They went over there and going to show them and going to straighten them out. Now they're in jail. Did you hear me? Now somebody's dead. Did you hear me? 
Something was tore up. Something was destroyed. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. So what does it work then? The unrighteousness of the devil. He's in it. That's why he wants he, oh, he want you to get frothing mad. He wants you to get so mad you can't see straight. And he wants you to run your mouth. And he wants you to do whatever you feel. Because he is going to be right in the middle of it. You're going to be saying what he wants you to say. You're going to be doing what he wants done. And you're going to be a fool. That's letting him manifest himself in this world through you. Somebody said, not me. I belong to God. Only the Holy Spirit. Manifest through me. Only truth. And only love. Skip on down to Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. <laughs> One of my friends. He was a big guy. And we went to a tournament. We were doing pretty good. And this guy hit him in the nose. And bloodied his nose. And he had a fair sized nose. <laughs> and this, man, this guy hit him. And it made him so mad. Because if you've ever been hit hard in the face, it just goes all over you. Yeah. And you'll have feelings that, what do you want to do? <laughs> and we're teenagers. And so, man, I can see it. Man, his nose is bleeding. He's like, he hit my nose. He's kind of particular about his nose. And, and, and boy, he's going to get him. And so, boy, as soon as they let him go again, man, here he comes. He's waving his arms. And that guy, boom, boom, boom. Nose, nose, nose. <laughs> I can't even see. I mean, blood's everywhere. And he's so mad. He's going, he keeps hitting my nose. He keeps wiping off, wiping off. I'm going back again. I'm going back. And boy, he waiting there. Boom, 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 boom. Nose, 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 nose. <laughs> and he lost the fight. And <laughs> had to keep eyes on his nose for the next two days. Because he got mad. Nobody hurts my nose like that. Don't make me mad. You won't like me when I'm mad. <laughs> You're a fool. And weak. Now you hear people all the time. That talk about. They can't control it. Guys that beat up their wives. And put them in the hospital. And beat their kids. And hurt people. And I've said it before. They say well, I just got so mad. I just I didn't know what I was doing. I just got so mad. And I couldn't help myself. Take them. And get them just as mad or madder and put them in a closed room with a 300-pound linebacker. And some way or another, they can control themselves from trying to slap him around like they did their wife. <laughs> Which proves they can control themselves. People do what they can get away with. Are y'all with me? And this stuff about I got so mad, I just couldn't help it. I got so mad, I didn't know what I'm doing. Bunch of junk. 
Now don't misunderstand me. You can yield to it for years until you do. You'll almost yield to it before you think about it. But it's because you've yielded to it for years. You've practiced it. What if you yielded to love like that for all those years? Can you stop it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Now notice this. There's a penalty that goes with not controlling your temper. Proverbs 19 and 19. A man of great wrath. Now let's just stop right here. Would that mean anything that you're known for how mad you get? Hmm? Is that any kind of something to be proud of? It's how furious you can be. How mad you get. That you just get so mad. Ooh. Is that anything that makes you somebody? Or something? Other than like the previous verse said. Stupid. Hmm? I want to see some of the looks I'm getting across the car. Now listen, if we call your name and draw your picture. Don't give yourself away. Just look straight ahead and smile. And go, Amen, Brother Keith. And if you need to, when you get home, fall across the bed and go, Oh God, oh God, that was me. Have mercy on me. But right now, just stay cool. Just stay cool. Don't give yourself away. Control. Yeah. Now's the perfect time to start practicing that control. Right now. <laughs> and if you got mad at me for reading scriptures about being mad, where would that leave you? <laughs> Proverbs nineteen, nineteen. A man of great wrath might... Huh? Sometimes. Now what? Shall suffer punishment. Is this part of the Bible just as true as John 3.16 or any other verse? Then so do you want to be a person of great wrath? The rest of the verse says what? You shall suffer punishment. For if you deliver him. You must do it again. People who won't control their temper, you can help them out, but you're going to have to do it again tomorrow. You're going to do it again the next day. At some point, you need to let them bear the consequences. And it's much easier when they're three years old. Do you know why kids three or 13 or 33... Why they keep pitching fits? Because it works. That's why. If it never worked, they'd quit. Three-year-olds, five-year-olds, ten-year-olds, if no matter how mad they got and how loud they yelled and how much they kicked and bucked and fussed and carried on, if it never got them what they wanted, if it never worked, They'd have no motivation to do it again. The reason they keep doing it is because of weak parents. Weak parents. Well, I just love them too much. I can't stand it. No, you don't love them enough to do what it takes to look out for them. 
If they don't get this corrected, they are going to suffer punishment. Yes. The Bible says so. Yes. It's going to cost them. Your child pitches a fit, it should never get them anything. You understand? It should never work on you. Oh, they get mad. Oh, they pitch a fit. That means they just got further away from what they wanted. But see what kids have learned, 3 and 13, is that they can wear you down. If they'll stay on it long enough, you'll give in. You'll just get tired of fooling with it, and you will let them do what they want, and you'll let them have what they want. And if it ever works, you're in trouble, because they're going to do it again. And this time they'll stay with it longer, because it's worked last time. They know it worked. Never let it work one time. You'll make it easy on you and on them. They start pitching the fit, you go, whoa, whoa, now you're for sure not getting it. Hmm? Because that's how God is. And what does it say? If you deliver him, you'll have to do it again. Let me read this to you from another translation. NIV. A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. So why would he tell you if you rescue him, you'll have to do it again? Let him learn a lesson. Quit bailing him out. (laughs) Lord's talking to some people. The Living Bible says, A short-tempered man must bear his own penalty. You can't do much to help him. If you try once, you must try a dozen times. What's the solution? Do what the Bible says. Go to James 1. I'm thinking about closing. James 1. 1. 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, James 1, 19, let every man, this is every one of us, be what? Now, uh, how does it go when all you're doing is talking? How good are you at hearing? So you're going to have to close your mouth. You're quicker to hear than to talk. Which do you do first? Talk or listen? That was five people. Something comes up. You're upset. What are you tempted to do? Run your mouth. Tell people what you don't like. How upset you are. What did he say? Don't do that. Don't do that. Be quick to what? Hear. There may be some things that are completely different than how you think they are. You get mad about something that didn't even happen. You're upset with them and they didn't even do it. That makes you unjust. Did you hear me? Well, it looked like it. Well, that's what they said. Well, have some sense. Don't be a baby. Don't rush in like a fool. Control yourself. Ask questions. Listen. Most importantly, listen to the Holy Spirit. Somebody said out loud, I listen first. I don't talk first. I listen first. I'm quick to hear. Not quick to talk. I'm not quick to speak. I'm quick to hear. What's the next one say? Quick to hear and what? 
slow, quick to hear, slow to speak. What does that mean? You start to say it, and then what do you do? You go, wait just a minute. Let me hear some more. Are these characteristics of a mature man or woman? And you're ready to say something, but you're slow yourself down. You're slow to speak. I want to make sure I say the right thing. Yeah, I know what I mean, but is that what they'll hear? I know what I think, but is that what they'll understand? No, if I say that, they may think I mean this. That's not what I mean. Now see, you're not going to avoid all those problems if you just run your mouth. Everything that crosses your mind comes out of your mouth. You've got to be slow to speak in order to prevent these kind of problems. And catch yourself. And analyze it and go, now is that what I want to say? You've got to be slow to speak. And then what else did he say? Doesn't mean you can't get mad. But if you do, it didn't happen quick. And it didn't happen over nothing. It was substantial. And it happened over a period of time. Did you hear me? And even then, be angry and what? Sin. Sin. Even then, you're in control. Is God that way? Does the Bible say he is slow to anger? Is he? The Lord is good. And his mercy endures. He's slow to wrath. He's slow to anger. That's one of the things that impresses me the most about him is his mercy and his patience. Your patience can be gone. I mean, your, your nerves can be frayed. And his has barely begun. Are we growing up to be like him? He'll say something. And it'll come to pass. 10,000 years later. And he'll expect it to come to pass. It's like he said. Unmoved. 10,000 years. And longer. People can thumb their nose at him. And defy him. And rebel against him. And worship other gods. And he's merciful. He'll send warnings and then he'll send more warnings. They can burn his children in sacrificial fires. Have you read about it? And he's merciful. Long suffering. Now he can get mad. And he can speak judgment. But it didn't happen in an afternoon and it didn't happen over nothing. Is he your father? Are you an imitator of God as a dear child? Are you growing up to be just like him? Yes. Then say it out loud. I'm like him. I'm like him. More every day. More every day. I'm, quick to hear. I'm quick to hear. I'm slow to speak. Slow to speak. I'm, slow to I'm slow to get mad. I only speak truth. I only, speak truth. I only, act, in love. I only act in love. I act like him. Every day and every night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, 
visit our website at morelife.org.